But anyway, Keith Smith of Spotrack will save us from me telling all my friends dirty details in his divorce. How about we start with the Celtics last night, Keith? That was an absolute whooping on the Nets. Well, let's be clear, not of my divorce. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Not you, Keith. You're yes, good. Definitely not you're yours. No, we're all, no, no, we're, yeah. all, we're all happily married yes. around here. We're, we're talking about somebody Correct. else. Yeah, Don't yeah. you worry. Well, I can say I'm happily married. I don't know how much about my wife, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Boston, they – weird uh, stat thing for the Celtics this year. They've been dominant on the second game of back-to-backs. They've been 7-1 and one this season. They've been really good on just one day's rest. All right, going into last night, on days with more than two, day, two or more days of rest, they were only 3-7 and seven on the year. And, and they just came out and destroyed. Uh, the, the net. So they came out completely ready to go, absolutely dominated them right from the jump. They, a lot of times in NBA games, teams will get up big, the other team will make a run, and it'll be like, ah, oh, they kind of closed it in, then they took control. This game was never close. Boston never even gave Brooklyn any life, and that's a little different for the Celtics. Normally, they, they get off to these hot starts, and then they take their foot off the gas, the other team gets in, but not last night. They, they ran it all the way through. Uh, Keith, it looks like the Suns could possibly get Devin Booker back for this Nets game. Uh, is that going to be enough for the Suns, though? Right now, they're the eighth seed in the West. They're only one game above 500. Uh, man, they are a terrible road team. 8-17 and 17 this year on the road. Um, do you think they need to do more at the deadline? Is just getting Devin Booker enough to at least maybe get him back into the conference finals? Uh, what's your uh, read on them right now? Yeah, getting Devin Booker back is going to be huge because they just go through these massive offensive lulls in their game where no one can create good looks. They really struggle to get baskets. And he, he's their best creator at this point. He's the guy they kind of rely on to make sure that you don't go through those five-minute scoreless droughts. Now, what can they do? They, they're going to trade Jay Crowder. We know that. That's going to happen sometime before the deadline. We'll see if they put together a couple other salaries and go get a player that can really come in and fill a spot in their rotation and be big. But I think for the most part, they're looking to, all right, we got Cam Johnson back. We have Chris Paul back. We're going to get Devin Booker back. Let's see what we look like when we're whole with the lineup we thought would be pretty good this year. But They've got their workout cut, their work cut out for them because that Western Conference is such a compact mess of teams, really from five, four to five, all the way down through the Lakers, all the way down in thirteenth. It's just an absolute you know jumble there. So you, you got to make sure you keep winning games because a bad week you might find yourself you know near the bottom of the uh, play-in standings or even all the way out of it. So we just got the All-Star reserves. Uh, announced a few minutes ago. I saw you tweeted out the West as well. Paul George, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard, Laurie Markinen, who's having an awesome year. That's that's my most improved player this year. John Morant, DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, the Eastern Conference, of course, names we all pretty much expect. Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle. I, I know it's kind of in, in the moment, and you may not have time to totally digest it yet, but is there anybody maybe not on that list that you expected to be on there? I thought James Harden and Pascal Siakam would make it in the East. I, I, I didn't know that. I didn't think Drew Holiday would make it. I thought Harden would get would get that spot over him. But it's one of those things with the the All Star uh, game. Is every year you look at it and it feels like we're now getting to a point where there are instead of one or two snubs, it's closer to ten total snubs. Where it's just like man, but 
I, I always live by the rule of if you really think somebody was a snub, you got to come to me with who should come off because these rosters are only 12 per side, and that's just how it works for, for now. So we'll, we'll see if they change. There's been some push to say, hey, an active game roster in a regular game is 15 players. Why are we not adding a few guys to the All-Star game, too, because it is different than it used to be when it started back. You know, when we started the All-Star game, it was 12 men per team, and now we're up to 17 guys and 15 guys can be active for every game. So we'll, we'll see if that change eventually comes. But I, I think there was nothing that screamed super egregious on either side with, with these picks, except maybe Paul George, that one I'm not so sure about in the West. Keith, what do you think the uh, Raptors end up doing here next week at the trade deadline? Because pretty much everybody <laughs> is on is on the uh, is, is is on the uh, block here. You got OG on the block, Fred Van Vliet, but I saw a report uh, last night that he might want to stay in Toronto. I kind of want to see him as a Clipper. My wallet really wants to see him as a Clipper. What do you think they end up doing here at the deadline? Yeah, that's uh, you know any conversation you have with anybody around the NBA, whether they're you know with a team or they're an agent or a player or anybody like that, that within five minutes the conversation turns to what do you think Toronto's going to do? Uh, it's just it, it really is the kind of weird to be in this spot where one team kind of holds the keys to all of this because if they trade away a few guys, they're going to stock up teams that are all of a sudden going to go from yeah they're kind of interesting too. Oh man, they might be right up there with the favorites to win the whole thing or they could choose to say you know what we're gonna kind of continue to play it out and then we'll see what it looks like in the summer i don't think they're gonna do that second one i think messiah jerry's the kind of guy who he's not real content to just be in the middle of the pack he wants to push he wants to win so i think that's what we'll see but i do think we're we're in for you know something for sure is gonna uh come change wise with, with the raptors and we'll see whether that's gary trent jr uh, OG Ananobi, maybe that involves Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam. We'll see what that looks like. Talking to Keith Smith on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to the best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more. You mentioned OG Ananobi. Uh, we're hearing rumors of, you know, three first-round picks possibly for him. Is that price tag whether it's true or not, we know obviously agents and teams can throw this out there to manipulate the system, but let's just say that that price is true. Is that a surprise to you? Is that too much, or do you feel like he's worth that? Yeah, that's probably too much. I think the the rumors of the Knicks offering three first round picks is that that's a little inflated because what's not getting reported there, I think, as much as what was likely offered. <clears throat> excuse me, in that trade was the Knicks have several protected picks that they have coming their way. And some of those picks have protections on them that mean they're not going to see those picks for years. And by the time they do see them, they're probably not going to be very good. So what I think we're seeing there is that's kind of the not all first-round picks are created equal. But if the Raptors could get three real first-round picks from a team for him, they'd have done very, very well in that situation. Now, there are a couple teams. I think the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, even the team like the Sacramento Kings, they could be gearing up to make a run at a guy like Ananobi with a very easily acquirable contract. That often gets missed at the trade deadline is these guys who make under $20 million, it's very easy to put together a trade package to get them. If one of those teams goes and gets him and really says, hey, we're loading up to make this real run in the playoffs over the Kings for the first time in 16 years, we're making a run at making the playoffs. That could be a difference maker. And in that case, I think that's when you say, hey, we'll give you two real first. Plus, is there a kid or two you like on our roster? 
great, let's move this thing forward. Keith, do you think the Grizzlies need to make a move, like especially with OG? Because I've always liked the chemistry, but right now they're struggling, or do you think that has a lot to do? Obviously, they're missing Steven Adams tonight. They'll be without Jaron Jackson, but they went from winning 12 in a row to now losing six of their last seven games. Yeah, I think not having Adams is, is wildly underrated for, for them. I think a lot of people are like, ah, he's, you know, he doesn't do that much. But that's, you know, the, the, the fault in just looking at box scores or, you know, pulling up yeah. his basketball reference page. He, he's the absolute fulcrum of that offense with the way he sets screens, some of his ball distribution stuff in their offense. His defense allows – he does all the dirty work, which allows Jaron Jackson Jr. to make all the defensive highlight plays. And just everything when he's not there, it's just not quite as smooth on both ends. As far as the first part of your question – I do think they should be making a move. I think the biggest mistake NBA teams make is thinking, you know, we're young. We've got all these guys locked up under contract. Our window is going to be open for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And that's just not how it works in this league. Windows are generally open for about a three to maybe four-year period. And the Grizzlies are already a year into that. Their window opens last year and I think they're in a position where go make that kind of move to to solidify your roster and really go go forward because they're in a spot where they're also going to run out of roster spots here sooner rather than later so you know if you can make that move now let's get it done and really push this team to the next level you know Keith the one thing that really fascinates me about this NBA season is really it's been the parody and it's it's looking at so many teams and I think we talked about this last week where there's a good portion of these organizations in the NBA that feel like they can make a push in the playoffs. And I think that's great for the league. I think it's, it makes it harder to bet on, but it's a lot as yeah. fun as a fan to certainly watch. The Clippers are interesting to me because we, they had, in some places they were tied for the you know shortest odds or second, maybe third best odds, depending on what book you were looking at, to win the title before the year started. Kawhi Leonard was obviously in and out of the lineup a lot, but you're seeing much more of a regular schedule for him to play. Are, are they a team, given the fact that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can opt out in 2024, that really needs to be aggressive at this deadline. I mean, here we hear Fred Van Vliet's name thrown around a lot. I think that's a great fit for them. They could definitely use somebody at the point guard position. Is that a team that you could see being aggressive? And do they almost need to, given that they kind of have a short timetable with this core they've put together? Yeah, then that's it. It's not so much about these guys leaving that I'm worried about, but it's more these guys are older. There's been a lot of, you know, very serious injuries with this group over the years. And you start to look at it and say, all right, that's probably not going to be the way you know, this team, you know, finishes five years from now, right? We're, we're looking at this as, this is probably the next two years. Maybe we can squeeze three out of this with, with, with this kind of core group. And and I think, you know, under Steve Ballmer's ownership, they've been extremely aggressive. They have no problem saying, oh, we need to do this trade and it's taking on $10 million. Sure, because in the time it took me to say that sentence, Steve Ballmer made that and he's not worried about it. So I think they're in a position where, Hey, if we need to add, just add. Go get it done. Go get us guys. He wants to win. I think it's very important to him is, hey, let's beat the Lakers to the next title. Let's really push and try to get in there around these guys. So I do think they'll be aggressive, and I think you're right. I I think they do need a little something extra. They've got a lot of talent, and they showed – they went through about a week, week and a half long period over these last, uh, you know, let's say seven to ten days where their guys played most of the games. They kind of looked like – all right, we're taking a little bit more serious now. And all of a sudden it was, all right, I picked them to make the West Finals, and I felt a lot better about that all over again, where most of the year have been like, all right, these guys are going to play all the way through the regular season not caring, and they're going to make their path almost impossible to get through in the West. Now they've played themselves just enough to get up into that four seed. If they re- re- remain there, they're going to be a tough out when we get to the playoffs.
Keith, the other interesting team, I guess, at the de- uh, at the deadline, we got about two minutes, is the Bulls because they're not very good, but they do have a pretty talented <laughs> roster. If Lonzo would ever play, that'd be helpful. It uh, doesn't look like that's going to happen, though. Zach Levine and then DeMar DeRozan. Any chance that either of those guys get moved or maybe both of those guys get moved at the deadline? I tend to be a big believer in when there's smoke, there's fire. And we're starting to see an awful lot of smoke around Zach Levine lately. Nice. And that, that seems odd because he's just you know early on in this new big contract. But I think the Bulls might be looking at it as that's our out. Like we can reset with talent, draft picks, reset our cap structure. We can really reset around that for a guy who there's some thought out there that Zach Levine might be the next guy who's super talented but a good bet to miss 30 or 40 games every season because of those knee issues they seem like they could be something that's kind of chronic for him so if that's going to be a thing i think you may see the bulls you know do this i don't think they want to tear it all the way down because their problem is they can't get bad enough to be assured of being all the way at the bottom and they owe a top four protected pick to orlando so that kind of takes away your incentive to really bottom this out but i think if they could take a step back, hit a, like a quick reset and retool of that team, I think you may see them do that in Chicago. Anytime that Ryan hears the possibility of Zach Levine being traded, his face lights up. So you just made yeah. his night. Even just even <laughs> just dropping that nugget, Keith, and making him think that there's a chance that, that could actually happen, even just a tiny bit. He's Keith Smith, at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter. Give him a follow, set up the alerts. Great stuff from him always with Spotrack. Thanks for coming on with us, Keith. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And Keith Smith, join us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit BuyThePhoenix.com to learn more. You lit up. You lit up when you saw that, man. Or you heard that. You were like, ooh. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Zach. He's super athletic. He's fun to watch. He can score the basketball. But, I mean, something's clearly just off. You know, the chemistry's not there. He and uh, him and Billy Donovan don't get along very well. Well, this, seem. this NBA trade deadline has the chance to still reshape a lot of things. With with so, it'd be one thing if we we're going okay. The Warriors are still the Warriors and the Celtics. Like if it felt like a collision course again for the Warriors and the Celtics going back to the finals like last season. Yeah, there wouldn't be as many teams that feel so aggressive. But the fact that especially the Western Conference, I'd even argue the East, not as much. Everybody's ripping the West this year, and that's fine because we've heard East slander for the last twenty something seasons. Right, but. They're really, the Celtics have had their moments. They're still the best team in the NBA to me right now. That's the team that I trust the most. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks have their issues defensively. So they're still in the East, a lot of question marks. If the Nets don't have Durant, they're not as good of a team. So there's a lot of possibilities for a lot of teams. And the trade deadline can change the trajectory of a lot of organizations. So I, I hope, for one, that it is wild. But something interesting Keith said about the Clippers that may want, at least makes me think there's some value with them right now in the future's market. Get to that next. Ben and Kim tonight.